Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Good morning, everyone. I'm going to start this time by telling a, a funny story and go from there. Sometimes I just want to make sure you guys are with me. Anyways, this is actually a story that I was just reading the other day. I don't know how I ran into it, but it, it was about um, a little boy who was in a department store like, you know, JCPenney or one of these stores. And he was in the store and he was you know, coming down the escalator inside the, inside the store. And, and all of a sudden, he just turned around and was staring at the handrail of the escalator. And he just started staring at it and staring at it and staring at it. And the people would walk by and the store manager would come up to him and say, are you okay? Do you want me to teach you how to use the escalator? And the boy just kind of went like that and, and just kept looking at the the handrail and kept staring at it, kept staring at it. And he spent like 20 minutes there and, he was, and, and the store manager came in and said, young man, can I help you? What do you need? Do you need any help? And then finally the boy in frustration turned around to the store manager and said, I'm looking for my bubble gum. I left it on the, on the handrail and I'm just waiting for it to come back around. And the man was confused. What do you mean waiting for your bubble gum? He was just staring and staring, waiting for his bubble gum. And I know it sounds like a silly story because Easily, hopefully, you can go get another piece of bubble gum. And then you don't have to stare at that one because it's probably dirty now because it went through and it's not coming back. It's not coming back, okay? That's it. It's gone. But anyways, the boy was staring and staring and staring. And then, you know, when I read that story, when I was looking at it, I said, well, that's kind of <laughs> what we do also. We stare at something and we look for something and we keep staring at it and we want it. And it's like, but that's not what God wants us to stare at. It's not what he wants us to focus on, but we keep staring at it and we said it's so precious to me and it's just a bubble gum. And, and it's dirty and it's gone. And that's the whole point of today's gospel is that, I know it sounds funny, but Jesus is coming again. And we always talk about Jesus is coming again. And we're staring at the wrong thing. Do you guys know why we face east in the church? Does anybody know why? Because Jesus is going to come back from what? He's going to come back from the east. So we always say, why is everyone always facing east? I don't know what we're... I know in this building, it's not like our permanent building, but in any church building, usually it faces the east because we're waiting on Jesus to come again. And we're, we should be staring, at, exactly, we should be staring at Him, not staring at bubblegum or staring at our stuff that we're, we think is so important. We, let's be honest, every one of us is staring and focusing on something else. But the goal today, if Jesus is coming, how do we stare and focus intently on Him? So let's get into the gospel a little bit here today. Part of the gospel is in Matthew 24. This is the second week in a row we talk about Jesus is coming again because we're at the end of the Coptic month. Tuesday is the new year. So at the end of the month here today on Sunday, again, Matthew 24, 31. We should be, Jesus is coming. We should be staring at him. But what's going to happen when we're staring? Look what it says here in Matthew. If you want to turn your Bibles, Matthew 24, 31. This is exactly what God wants us to focus on. He said, He will send His angels with a great sound of a trumpet. So the angels are going to make a loud noise like a trumpet. And they will gather together His elect 
from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. That's it. So what's going to happen when Jesus comes again? Who caught it? What's going to happen? Big loud noise, trumpet. And then he's gathering what? He's gathering his... What's the word I use there? What's the word the gospel uses? He's going to gather his... His flock. But there's another word that's used here today. His elect. Elect. Who's the elect? He's coming and he's going from the four sides. From north, south, east, west. He's going to gather. He's coming again. And he's going to gather his elect. Are we included? Anybody know? Are you included in the elect? Are we one of them? Do you know if you're his elect? It sounds like you're not sure, right? But here, let me, let me say it this way. Are you sure which school you go to, children? How many children know which school you go to? You know which school you go to? Only one. What about the rest of you? Okay, there's two. You know which school you go to? You know which school you go to. Okay, so youth also too, yeah, youth. Okay, you know. Okay, people who work. Do you know which job, the name of the company you work for? Okay, some people said, yeah, and I'm going to have Okay. All right. Do you know which wife you have? I'm just kidding. Do you know which spouse? Do you know which children? By the way, you know which car you drive. You know which... You know everything. We're so positive about everything. But when I asked you, are you his elect? I don't know. I'm not sure. Look what one of the psalmists said in Psalm 102. About... And this is the spirit of... of, of Maybe what some of us. It says, Oh my God, do not take me away in the midst of my days. Your years are throughout all generations. There's a spirit here that Jesus is coming today. Jesus is coming again. We don't know Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming again. You know what the psalmist said? The psalmist said, um, Don't take me. I don't want to be taken. I don't want to go. I'm not sure if I want to be his elect. I don't, I'm not sure if I want to go. Right? This is the spirit of the day. Right? Let me ask you clearly and straightforward. If Jesus does come today, what would you say? I'm always curious to ask people these questions. If Jesus were to come today, what would you say? Or what would you do? Some of us would be like the psalmist, don't take me away, I'm not ready yet. Some of us would be in shock and cry. Some of us wouldn't even know what's going on. Some of us wouldn't know what's happening. And some of us would never believe this could even happen. No, you guys always say in the church, Jesus is coming today. He never comes. I don't know. There's two Sundays in a row about he's coming to get his elect. And the whole point, the church never wants to put fear in people, but to prepare people. But like I said in the beginning, we're staring at so many things in life. And the church wants to say, hey, stare at him. He is coming again. And by the way, when we say Jesus is coming again, it's not punishment. Like people say, oh my God, Jesus is coming again. What should I do? No, it's a joy. It's a blessing. It's, it's something great for us. Jesus would be here with us. We're not fearing Jesus is coming. We're excited about it. I want to turn with you to liturgy. I want to show you in the liturgy how it's talking about Jesus is coming again. You with me? Let's follow because we're getting ready to do. The parts I'm going to talk about are the parts that are coming up now. I want to show you how Jesus... Is coming again is actually in every Sunday's liturgy. Okay? How many of you remember when Abuna says, Agios, Agios, Agios? You remember that part in the liturgy? How many of you remember that? 
Anybody? Raise your hand. Like, just participate for my sake. <laughs> just for my sake. Pretend. Even if you don't even know what a brother is, raise your hand. <laughs> so yes, when the Buddha says, he says, adios, and then he turns to deacons, and he says, adios, which means holy, and he turns to you, and he says, holy, because God, we what we're saying, we want the holiness of God to be with you. Do you know what happens next? Let me read you the liturgy that happens next. First, it's about creation. The priest says, O Lord our God, who formed us, created us, and placed us where? In the paradise of joy, right? So, God created us, mankind, and put us in the paradise. Does anybody know what happens next? After he created Adam and Eve in the paradise? You know what happens next? Listen to the next part. It says, when we disobey your commandment by the deceit of the serpent... We fell from what? We, we fell from exactly eternal life. And we're exiled from the paradise of joy. So two parts happened. Jesus created us. It happened liturgy. Then we fell. We got removed from paradise. Anybody know what happens next? Let me tell you what happens next. You have not abandoned us to the end, but always have visited us with your holy prophets. In the last days, you manifested yourself to us, who were sitting in darkness in the shadow of death, through who? So he sent prophets, and then he manifested himself through who? Through Jesus Christ. Right? Very good. Does anybody know what happened next after Jesus was born? So wait, let's back up. Jesus created us. He put us in paradise. We fell. He, what did he do next? He sent prophets. Hey, come back, come back. After the prophets thing didn't work, he sent his son, Jesus. This is all in the liturgy. Right? After he was born... Later on, he descended into Hades through the the cross. I don't know if you ever know a Buddha does this. He goes like this in the shape of a cross. He he says it while he's saying the cross. He descended into Hades to the cross. So we know the cross happened. What happened after the cross? He rose from the dead on the third day. Oh, you're awake. Thank God. You're back. He rose from the dead on the third day. Then he uh, ascended into the heavens. And what did he do? He sat at the right hand of his father, right? What happened next? Yeah. We, there's a part that's missing, but he sent the Holy Spirit. But then at the end, he says, exactly. He has appointed a day for recompense on which he'll appear to judge the world in righteousness and give each one according to his deeds. Jesus is coming again. It's part of the liturgy. He's coming again to give each one according to their deeds. Do you know what the response to that is? God is coming. You know, look. God is coming for his elect. Us. And he's, it, it, it's a part in the, in the, the liturgy where it says, he, would, he created us. We fell. He sent prophets. He sent Jesus. He rose from the dead. And he's coming again. He's coming again. That's why we face peace. He's coming again. Now what? When he says he's coming again to judge us, According to our deeds, what is the people's response? Anybody know? Yes. According to your mercy, O Lord, and not according to our sins. Where's Danny? Can we say that part together? Can you read us in that? Sure. Okay, let's say it all together with Danny. This is because this is the prayer for today. Okay? According to
This is the, the main point here today. Is that Jesus is coming again. And you know what? We're looking for his mercy. Jesus, you're coming again? But can, can you not look at my sins? Can you forgive me my sins? Can you have mercy on me? And that's why we say that. So when we say that today in liturgy together, let's all sing it in one heart. But it's important that we are running a race. We're trying to reach Jesus. But on the way, we lose track. On the way, we, we, we stare at bubblegum. Remember what I said to you in the beginning? We stare at bubblegum. We stare at silly things. Jesus wants us to stare at Him and focus on Him. Um, according to your mercy, O Lord, and not according to our sins. Please, Lord, don't judge us according to our sins. Because our sins are so many. Jesus, I know you're coming, but our sins, please have mercy and forgive us. That's the spirit of what we're here in liturgy. We're here in liturgy to ask for God's mercy, for asking His forgiveness, so we can be ready for when He comes again. And I said to you last week, either one of two things is going to happen. Either Jesus comes or we go to Him. That's it. So either you're going to go to Him one day, or He's coming to you. But either way, according to your mercies. We need your mercy, Lord. Today in the reading, 2 Peter chapter 3 was very important. It said something nice. It said, it said, Beware, lest you fall from your own steadfastness, being led away in the error of the wicked. You know what it's saying? While you're staring at the bubblegum, beware that you fall away. How many of you ever felt like that? I've kind of fallen away. I've been led away. I've been kind of distant from God. That's fine. We've all felt like we've been distant from God. We've fallen away. But guess why we're here? Your mercy, O oh Lord, not according to your sins. I've been away. I haven't been spending time with you. According to your mercy, O oh Lord, not according to my sins. We've all felt we've been led away and astray. And even the next part of that same verse is grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to grow closer to Him. So the first part of the liturgy that we're going to get into pretty soon here is the part where we're going to remember Jesus created us. We fell from that. And He sent prophets. He sent Himself. And He's coming again. And He's coming again. We're going to stare at Him. We're, gonna, we're His elect. I like saying we're His elect. We're just like, we're chosen. We're special to Him. Let me tell you one more part of liturgy. Do you remember this part in liturgy when the priest says, And we too, who are sojourners in this place, keep us in your faith and grant us your peace until the end. Do you remember that part? Sojourners. Anybody know what sojourners means? How do you know what sojourners? What is sojourners? What does that mean? What do you think? I heard Traveling. Okay? You're traveling, so you're in your home. Where's our home? Where's our home? I mean, not here in Leesburg and, and uh, Ashford. Where's your home? Your home is up. Where are we traveling? Where's our journey? Here. Where's our pilgrimage? Here. But you know what a sojourner is? It's a temporary journey. A sojourner is on a temporary journey. Not permanent. You're here and I'm here. Temporary. Our home there. So there's a part in liturgy when it says, We are sojourners in this place. Keep us in your faith. You know what that means? Protect us, Lord, and grant us your peace until the end. That's it. During our time, as we're waiting for Jesus to come again, whenever that is, we're on a journey. Don't get so nailed down into life. I need this. I must have this. If I don't have this, I'm destroyed. No, don't be so nailed down into things. Does anybody know the response to, we are sojourners in this space, keep us in your faith and grant us your peace until the end? 
What, what's the response to that? Who knows? As it was, so shall it be from generation to generation. What does that have to do with anything about the end of times? You're on a journey. And your responsibility, especially the older ones, adults, you're on a journey. This is temporary. It's not all about the possessions and money and, and achievements. It's not all about that. We're on a journey to make sure the next generation is ready to stare at Jesus. That's the truth. Don't forget that. Parents, adults, you're responsible. Older siblings too. You're an older sibling. You have younger siblings. You're responsible to encourage the next generation as it was, so shall it be from generation to generation. That's the end. Do you know what the priest says next? I know we're talking about the whole liturgy, but I want you to enjoy. The next part, the priest says, lead us where? Into your kingdom. You get it now? That's the goal. That's why we're his elect. The whole time in liturgy, you didn't realize you're actually waiting for Jesus to come again. The whole time, every Sunday when you come here, actually, you're staring at Jesus saying, Jesus, help me to be ready. Have mercy on me on my sins. Jesus, protect me so I can make it. Jesus, help me to teach the next generation so they can follow you. Jesus, lead me into your kingdom. That's the liturgy. So when you hear liturgy today, see how it focuses on Jesus is coming. He's coming. He's coming again. Where are your eyes? On the bubble gum? Like the boy in the story I told you? Or on Jesus? On Him? He is coming. And we're focused on His kingdom. Now here's the thing. People always ask. I don't understand what I do. While I'm waiting for Jesus to come again. The most beautiful thing about the church is it teaches everything. The church gives you tools. That's why we send kids to Sunday school. So oh, Sunday school. It's late. I gotta go home for lunch. No, send your kids to Sunday school because we're teaching them how to stare at Jesus. In liturgy, I just told you. All we're doing is Jesus. I'm looking at you. I need your mercy. The whole church. Why we send kids to retreats so they can learn how to stare at Jesus. Why do we have anything in the church? Everything is one goal. Focus on Jesus and how to be close to Him and how to get His kingdom. How all the kids and all of us. Why do we sing all these hymns here? Why do we have the deaconesses in the first two rows and we have all these deacons? Why are we here singing? We're just singing just to finish the liturgy. And, no, we're singing because we're so thankful He's protecting us on this journey. Remember, the church is so beautiful in teaching us how to reach the kingdom. So Jesus will come. Where are you in the story? Let's get down to the degree. Where are you in the story? Are you his elect? Waiting? Asking for mercy? Staring at him? Or there's some other distraction? The last thing I'm going to share with you is a story about St. Francis. I like St. Francis. His stories are very beautiful. There's one time he was farming and cultivating beans. And he loves to farm. He loves to be with animals. St. Francis is unique. But he was farming and farming and farming. And a pilgrim came to him and said, Hey Francis, what if Jesus were to come today? What would you do? And then he kept, he kept farming. And the pilgrim said, maybe you didn't hear me. Francis, if Jesus were to come today, what would you do? And he kept, he kept farming. And finally Francis turned to him and said, I'm going to keep doing what I'm already doing. 
And the pilgrim left confused. You know what that meant? How many of you caught what it meant? You know what it meant? Is that Francis was already... Already what? He was already focusing on Jesus. Even when he was falling. He didn't have to change anything. He was already doing that. He was already staring at him. He was already praying to him. He was already. He just kept. So when the, when the pilgrim said, what are you going to do different? Francis is like, I'm not going to do anything different. I'm already focused on him. Let me ask you a question. Is there anything that you need to change? I ask myself that question. I'm not just asking you. Is there anything that you would change if Jesus would come today? Would there be anything you would adjust? Or would you keep going the same as you are? If you keep going the same as you are, and you're staring at him, then I'm happy. But I thought of a few things for myself, but that's another story for another time. But St. Francis said I would keep farming. Today in liturgy, we're going to hear parts about Jesus is coming again. I want you to pray your mercies, O Lord. Not my sins. I know my sins are many that are keeping me from you. Actually, my sins are making my eyes blurry. I can't see you, Jesus. Help me with that. Ask God today in liturgy for help on any sin you have. And I have. That's why we're here. But at the end of the day, we need His kingdom, guys. I don't know if Jesus is coming. I don't know when He's coming. But two Sundays in a row, that should wake us up to say, if He comes today or I go to Him tomorrow, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to stare at Him. I know I have a lot of distractions out there. But I want you, Jesus. And I need your mercy. I need your help. And I need your support. Let's pray let's, the rest of liturgy for that. Let's pray for one another. Right? We're a family. Let's pray for one another. Let's pray for those we don't see. Because at the end, from generation to generation, our generation, your generation, has to help the next generation. Even if you're 18, you've got to help those kids who are 10, 9, 8. We have gener- we got to make sure all of us are staring at Jesus so we can reach Him one day. Let's pray for that liturgy. And glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.